I want to welcome everyone to SALTCAST. My name is Bob Turner, and I am the director of the Sunset Academy of Leadership Training, otherwise known as SALT. And we're continuing today in our discussion with Noel Currington, who is an elder with the Warika Church of Christ in Warika, Oklahoma, uh, a friend, and uh, I just really enjoyed the, the friendship that I've developed with Noel and talking to him about a number of different areas. And so, Noel, thank you for joining us again and taking time to visit about uh, the various areas that have been impacted by this coronavirus pandemic. But welcome and thank you again. Well, thank you for having me. I've, I've enjoyed it. Well, I have certainly enjoyed it. And, and I know that everyone who listened to the last podcast benefited from it. And if you're listening today and have not listened to the first session that Noel and I talked about, uh, I really encourage you to go back and listen to that first. Uh, that really laid some groundwork for what we're going to talk about in today's session. And so I really want to start by talking about something I think maybe on a more personal level uh, for elders, uh, for you and, and for the other elders. And I know you mentioned in the last session, there are five elders there in Warika. How have the elders grown during this pandemic? How have they, they grown, first of all, maybe in their relationship to each other? Uh, and how have they grown as leaders uh, during this time of pandemic? Well, of course, I, I think that's an ongoing process. And a lot of that growth is not going to be seen until we come out the other side of this. Uh, sure. One of the things that uh, none of us and none of our predecessor elders here and probably anywhere else have gone through anything like this. Uh, I think even, you know, maybe back as far as World War II was a serious time, but it was still not like this. And so one of the things that is, uh, we've all come to realize, here is something we never anticipated. We were totally unprepared with how to deal with it. And I'm not saying we're real prepared now, but we, or experience somewhat in this. So I think one of the things is, is to realize as an elder, you never arrive. And, and what I mean by that is you just never know what's going to happen. And uh, so you, you have to be aware of that. We have uh, in our five elders, we don't always agree. And sometimes we have some very strong disagreements. But when the meeting's over and the final prayer is said, and uh, we do quite a bit of praying in our meetings, uh, when we leave, that's all left in that room. And uh, we go out and we're still brothers in Christ. And we're not going to be separated by these things. I, I think one of the things that we have grown in is looking at how we typically have done things and have had to see that during the pandemic, we have, I guess, used the ox in the ditch metaphor there, but I think it applies. When the ox is in the ditch, sometimes you have to do things you would never have thought about doing before. And if I might be a little personal here for a moment uh, about the Lord's Supper, I've kind of developed in the years, and I believe this is so, the Lord's Supper was intended for when the church comes together. I don't think there's any question about that. But I had been a little bit, I wasn't going to push this on anybody, 
but this idea of taking communion to people at home, and we've done that in the past, and I've done it, and we found sometimes it was people that could be there but wouldn't be there and want us to bring it to their home. But one Sunday when we were not meeting and my wife and I were sitting there watching uh, the broadcast from a church, we were taking a communion, and the thought just hit me, Noel, you're doing exactly what you have kind of preached against. Hmm. And so I had to think, at best, I'm inconsistent, and at the worst, I may be a hypocrite about this. So I've had to modify my thinking about that some and not be maybe quite so so hard on that. I think that uh, also we have we have always been real good to, I would say, discuss things and come to a, a consensus, even though we may not all have agreed on it. But when we go out of the meeting, we're in agreement that this is what we're going to do. And in deciding what to do on the COVID situation has been some pretty diverse discussions about it. Uh, but we have been able to work that out. So I think if you looked at it initially, maybe it separated us a little bit. But when all said and done, it has shown us we can work through a very difficult situation if we want to, and we do want to. And even if yeah. we don't necessarily all agree, uh, so that's, that's what we've tried to do. And I'm sure that in the days to come, whenever this plays out, we're still going to have some decisions to make about what we're going to do, how we're going to do it. Uh, but our prayer is that we will, God will give us the wisdom and the discernment to make good decisions. And certainly we don't want to, to disrupt any of the great relationship we have with one another. Absolutely. So I, I don't know if that answers your question, but, but growing on this deal is still a work in progress which something I have learned also, being an elder is always a work in progress. Yeah. You never you never get to where you know it all or you've seen it all, even when you think you have. Yeah. Well, that's and it is rich and it did answer my question in great ways. And so I really appreciate that. Yeah, before we talked about uh, kind of in between sessions, we were talking about how members of the congregation are involved and how the elders have worked with them and that involvement. And you, you talked about how the ladies, uh, what they had been involved in it. I'd like you to share that. I think it's important for congregations to realize that this, there's more to this than just how it affects the, the leadership and, and certainly just the congregation as a whole. Tell, tell us a little bit about that and what you were discussing in regards to the women and what they've been doing there. Okay. Uh, one of our ladies here, before this ever started, uh, got an app. It's called Suppers by Servants. And you can post on it or call her. Uh, I'll just give you for instance. When somebody gets sick, my wife is absolutely sure they need some of her wonderful potato soup. And it is. <laughs> and I would agree. <laughs> Whether you're sick or not, it's good. Uh, so, for instance, last Saturday, we had a young couple, both had COVID. Uh, so she made potato soup and we sent some special crackers that I make and she put on this suppers by servants. Noel and I are going to provide the noon meal for so-and-so, you know, well, there was another couple that she was making a casserole 
So she found out this is it's almost like a clearinghouse for who's going to do what. She said, well, I was making a casserole. I'll take it for supper. And that way you don't have two meals arriving at the same time or four meals on the same day when it could be spread out. So that has worked super, worked excellent. Yeah. Everybody knows what's going on. We had a, a small ladies' Bible class of about 10, uh, and they've been on again, off again because of this. They decided that our nursing home here in town had been totally shut down. You know, I mean, the people are there, but you can't not get in. Right. So they bought some small picture frames, and they took their hot glue guns, and they decorated them with little characters, with cutouts, with stars, with moons, and all this. And they made, I think there was 44 of them that they made for the residents and for, for the Christmas party that they have for the residents. They made brownies and cookies, uh, I believe 69 bags for not only the residents, but all the staff. And, you know, we, our, our ladies, one thing, I, it took me a long time to learn this. If the ladies are going to do something that's good, the best thing we can do is encourage them and get out of the way. And yes. they'll get it. Our ladies are great about that. And I know my wife and I have also received some meals during this time, mm. which, which we appreciate. But our ladies have done an outstanding job of this. And, of course, we husbands occasionally get into the delivery mode, but seldom into the cooking mode. But uh, there's a there's a reason for that. <laughs> yes, there is. There there really is. But that and and some other things in August, uh, we had had a lady that moved here probably a year, and all of her belongings were in Denton, Texas. Mm-hmm. So in August, uh, about five or six of what I call our young men in thirties and forties, you know, uh, church rented a, the biggest U-Haul we could rent, and they moved this lady on a Saturday. And it took every inch of that 28-foot van to get all her, all her stuff in. They brought it up, unloaded it at her house. And, uh, you know, then, of course, in September, we had you here. And we had five congregations represented for that seminar workshop. So we, we have tried to maintain the normalcy that we can and do the things that we can. But uh, I just really want to give a shout out to our ladies because they have just yeah. done an excellent job. And we have a lot of men who uh, get out and about and, and they find out who's sick, and who's not, and what can be done and that. Suffers my servants. I, I think it, it's this kind of stuff that I think is really helpful for congregations. Uh, this That kind of an app it would be so helpful for any congregation to be aware of uh, of that kind of thing and how they're providing for those who are in need. And it kind of leads to the other app that I want to talk about, but I, I want to kind of explore it in two ways. Uh, one, to explain how the elders have stayed connected to the congregation and how the elders have worked to keep the congregation connected to one another. And I realize sometimes it's it's a little bit easier in a smaller congregation, but at the same time, it's always a challenge from the standpoint of leaders of being connected to the people in the congregation, but as well helping them stay connected to each other. And that's never more important than in a time when so many people are isolated because of this virus. So tell us a little bit about that. And, and you may want to touch on the app that you had mentioned before uh, in the previous session to kind of help everyone understand uh, exactly the direction that you guys are using. 
Well, of course, the Remind app is, is what we use to get a message out to a lot of people. Uh, we have, uh, well, I guess three of our elders are what I would call semi-retired. They're retired, but they still work some like I do. Right. Uh, but we use, you know, we'll think, well, we haven't heard from so-and-so. Uh, I believe I'll give them a call to see how they're doing. Uh, and and then uh, a lot of times we can we can call somebody else and say, well, I talked to so-and-so. And uh, maybe you ought to give them a call. You know, it would be good if they would hear, especially some of our older people who live alone. Uh, we have a, a few like that. And uh, I know we have one lady who's in her 80s, and her family has absolutely not let her get off her property since it started. And so she calls, and my wife calls her, and other people call her. And uh, we, we stay connected that way. Uh, and I think husbands and wives do that. Sometimes my wife calls somebody and later on I'll call them. And, uh, and we find out in in elders meetings, I do, I'll say, well, I talked to so-and-so the other day. Well, well, the other, I'll say, yeah, I talked to them too. And so we don't necessarily coordinate all this, but we find out we're, we're all doing this. And, uh, like I said, now we have these large families, and so they're pretty good about taking care of one another. Not We don't ignore them, but, uh, you know, because you've got grandparents and children and maybe grandchildren uh, all in the same area. So they're, they pretty well take care of, of one another. Uh, but that doesn't mean we ignore them, but we understand uh, they have some contacts where there's some other people in the congregation that, really don't or more, more lonely. Uh, I didn't mention Warwick is a town of about 2000. So we're, we're a little town. Right. And, uh, and you can drive from one side to the other in about three minutes. <laughs> you know, so, so we can, we can get around uh, right. and, and see and, and contact and try to encourage uh, people and people encourage us. You know, we, it's not one one way from the elders to the members, the members encourage us too. That's We're praying good. for you. And you guys have a difficult job here. Yeah, that's awesome. So as you look into the future and you see, okay, six months, year down the road, have the elders talked about what kind of plans have they discussed in regards to well, what this looks like as far as moving forward uh, in the next six months to a year to help the congregation. Obviously, everybody's hoping that 2021 is going to be the year that we kind of uh, come through this, the vaccine being introduced and, and all these other factors. So what what have the elders talked about as far as how to move forward? Well, of course, one of the things we have, we've been working on, and last night, because you, you brought this up to us, we finally came up with a purpose statement and a vision statement all and right. Mission statement, and uh, going to take a little tweaking, but we have been kind of agonizing over that. So, uh, one of the things we're going to continue to do, as as you know, you got us started pretty well. We're trying to come up with a leadership plan for the congregation, follow on. 
Uh, I know Tommy took that course and he wrote a what I thought was a really great uh, paper on that. Yes. And uh, so that, that's something that we're going to work on. This year, one of our focuses was going to be community projects, getting out in the community where we could be seen. Well, from March on, we were just shot down on that. But we're going to continue that. And then we're going to have to, and I think the congregation, and I would recommend all elders, different congregations, listen to their members. We we hear a lot. Of, I'll sure be glad when things get back to normal. I'm not sure we're going to ever get back to that normal again. Right. Uh, although that's often our comfort zone. And listen to the members. And they're going to tell us a lot when this is over with and when we can all get back together. And uh, they may tell us sometimes more than we tell them. I don't know how that's going to be. But uh, as far as how we're going to structure things, we have not actually made a final decision on that. Uh, and I think that's where the congregation is going to have some input and, and not necessarily they come to us. But as elders, I think we need to observe and we need to listen to what they're saying because they may say things in conversation that give us a clue without coming right out and saying, I think you guys need to do this. Right. And uh, I think we live in an age where people want to have some input. And we probably not been real good at accepting that. Uh, I'm saying that from a person that lived through the 50s and 60s and on, right. you know, got a lot of uh, baggage maybe from that time. So, uh, and, and we've got to, as elders, listen to the different groups. You know, we, we give the millennials fits, and yet they have some good ideas. Yes. And a person my age has got to think, I'm not going to be here that much longer. I'll be 78 this year. I'm not going to be around probably another 20 years. Uh, but they are. And who's going to be in charge? Whether it's millennials or, or Generation X or whoever it might be. Yeah. Uh, I think we need to we need to be aware of 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 the what the culture has done. The culture's come in the church in some ways very, very badly. But on the other hand, we have to pay attention to the culture and, and see how do people learn now. Yeah. Vastly different than I learned. How, what's important to them? Uh, we want to say the church is most important to everybody, but we struggle with that sometimes. So it, it's going to be, I think, a little bit different world. Uh, and, and I think as elders, we need to kind of understand that there may be some things coming that we are not as comfortable with as we would like to be, but maybe necessary that we listen. And I, I hope that's kind of given you an idea of what uh, you wanted. I, I tell you, that's some of the best advice that I think anybody could get. When we think about, you know, what congregations need to know, especially what the leaders need to know, that that is so rich listening and, and listening well because they they will help us. I cannot thank you enough. This has been such a rich time and 
I promise you, everybody who listens to this is going to benefit so richly from it. But I, I want to thank you, not just for taking time to do this, but I want to thank you and the elders there at Warica for your service uh, as elders uh, it, in a time and in a culture where the church badly needs leaders. Uh, it's just encouraging to know men like you and and the men there at uh, Warica that have stepped up to do that. So thank you for doing that. And and thank you for being a part of this this series of podcasts. I'm excited about others getting to hear them, and I know they'll benefit from it greatly. Well, I thank you for inviting me, and I have enjoyed it immensely, and uh, I appreciate it very much. It's been a great experience. Well, it's it's been wonderful. And so I also want to thank all of our listeners and everyone who's, who's tuned in to listen to, to this particular series. Just appreciate you and appreciate your encouragement and support uh, through all of this. Until next time, God bless.